You're listening to The Real Island Life Show, Episode 4. Vulnerability. What if we could embrace it instead of being so afraid of it? I don't know about you, but being vulnerable used to be one of my biggest fears in life. As a former athlete, I thought that crying or expressing my emotions was simply not an option. And I remember spending years without shedding a single tear because I was trying to look strong. Fast forward to now, I cry at least once a month, if not more, and I actually embrace the more vulnerable parts of myself. Today's episode is going to be a masterclass on the art of being vulnerable, as well as embracing one's softness and using our creative power to free ourselves from emotional burdens. Ka'ala is going to share some powerful stories about her bringing on Maui, Hawaii, where her connection with nature's creative force and softness was first born. She's also sharing very openly about the challenges that she had to face when she left the island to build her adult life in the United States. This episode is so raw and real, y'all. If you're a new mother, someone who has recently experienced loss or grief, or simply a human wanting to connect to your creativity and vulnerability, you're going to love this episode. Let's dive in. You're listening to The Real Island Life Show, where we believe that life in the islands is about much more than just drinking coconut water and hanging out at the beach. I'm your host, Flo Chiriaf, also known as The Global Island Girl, and I'm going to help you discover the true power of the island life. Entrepreneurs, innovators, change makers, our islands are full of talent and possibilities that reach far beyond the common narrative. So, it's time for you to hear the stories of success, struggle, and adventures from my amazing guests who come from some of the most unique islands around the world. Are you ready to experience the real island life? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back everyone to the Real Island Live Show. I am so excited today because we have a very special guest. I'm going to tell you all about her. And yeah, it's a very special moment for me because I've been wanting to have her on the show for the longest time and we finally made it happen while her baby girl is asleep. So let's do it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So my guest today is a two-time author, poet, and all-around creative who represents the island of Maui in Hawaii. Her name is Ka'ala. And although today she's tuning in from the Midwest of the United States, you better trust that she's going to bring us the island magic. So do (laughs) not worry. Sit back and enjoy the show. Um, Kala's love for writing blossomed when she was a teenager, and creative writing was an enjoyment as well as a coping method for loss. Um, Later on, her writing expanded to songwriting and later on poetry, and her words speak of living authentically and intentionally, growing from grief and through grief, and celebrating life with gratitude. Beyond her artistry, Kala is also a wife and the mother to the beautiful Mahina, also known as the most adorable baby girl in the entire world. And she's also my Instagram niece. So, yeah, I, the reason why I wanted to bring Kala is because she has had such a profound impact on me. And I rely on her words as a source of inspiration, reassurance, and guidance on a weekly basis. 
and I love her authenticity, her authenticity and her capacity to speak on things that I need to constantly remind myself of, and I think you're gonna love it. So with that said, it is my honor and pleasure to welcome you to the show, Ka'ala. Aloha. Thank you, thank you, aloha. Um, I did not realize you were going to say all those nice things about me, so from my heart to yours, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so happy. I like my my heart is full of joy right now because we've been me working too. hard to make this happen. Oh, me too. How long did you uh, did it take for you to make my nap fall asleep before the show? Uh, probably about thirty minutes. Yeah, she was fine. Too it. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, should we tell them how we met? Because I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Wait. How did we meet? We met on Instagram. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're Instagram like, was it a platform or something? I can't even remember. I have no idea, to be honest. I just remember, like, I became friends with you on Instagram. And ever since, we've been, like, chatting on a weekly basis, physically. Yes. So, yeah, we're Instagram besties. We talk on a weekly basis <laughs> and we <laughs> support each other with our different goals, which I love. Yes. Me so, too. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your early journey? Because you're representing Maui, Hawaii, yes. right? But right now you're yes. in the Midwest. So, how, I am. how did that transition happen? Well, so from early, early on, I was born and raised on Maui. Um, my parents, my father is Native Hawaiian um, and Filipino. His father is full-blooded Hawaiian, which there are not very many of those left. Um, and he's still alive today. Um, and he met my mother, who is German-American. Um, her mother is from Germany. Um, and her father is from Cleveland. And they they grew up, well, they lived in Cleveland, Ohio, until my mom was 11, and then she moved to Hawaii. And um, they moved to Oahu, which is where my dad was born and raised, and that's where a lot of my um, dad's side of the family still lives. Um, but, so, so they met um, Paddling Canoe, that is a big sport out there in Hawaii. Mm. Um, I didn't unfortunately, um, paddle growing up. I played like volleyball and basketball, but canoe paddling is really big on my dad's side of the family, the Hawaiian side and my mom. Um, so they met paddling canoe and, um, then ended up moving to Maui and then, um, had us. So I come from a mixed family. Um, I'll touch on that later, but growing up, Maui was, um, home. We grew up on the mountain, which is, um, Haleakala is the mountain, and uh, Makawao is the town that I grew up in until I was nine. So until I was nine, I grew up where it was cool in the nighttime and really cold in the winters, and it's, um, you know, lush and rainy and just gorgeous, and um, it's a beautiful little town. Um, and so I grew up there until I was about nine years old. And then we moved downtown into Wailuku um, as we were waiting for our Hawaiian Homes house to be built. Um, Hawaiian Homes is like land that had um, been set aside by um, uh, for Hawaiians to live on. And um, you, you're only allowed to live there if you are from Hawaiian blood. And mm. so um, there's a long waiting list to get on that. 
And um, so we were living in Makawao until we were approved for our land. And once we were approved, we started building, um, but we had to live, you know, somewhere else while the house was being built. And so from nine years old till um, 18, I guess, um, we lived on Hawaiian Homes land. Um, and let's see. So I grew up there in Waiehu. Waiehu is um, um, a part of the island, kind of like north, north central um, part of the island. and um, close to the beach so it was different from the mountains you know um, I was mm -hmm. used to um, being around you know the cool weather and stuff and then downtown was a little more humid and hot um, but we did have a nice ocean breeze and I we did live close enough that I could actually hear the ocean at nighttime wow um, you can actually walk to the beach um, so yeah I mean I got a taste of living in the mountains and I got a taste of living by the sea. And so that um, is a huge part of my life, um, both the mountains and the sea. Mm -hmm. um, my parents um, are both Christians and they raised me in the Christian church. And so that was a big part. That is a big part of our lives. Um, and let's see. So I went to um, Kamehameha schools for my freshman year of high school, which is a Hawaiian school. Again, you have to be Hawaiian to be able to go to the school. Wow. Um, yeah, there are certain exceptions, um, but I won't dive too deep into that. But it was just really um, a really good experience to be able to be um, surrounded by people of my culture every day, um, mm -hmm. to learn about my culture in depth in a place that um, would be able to provide it to me better than um, the alternative at a public school or a school that doesn't, you know, have that much um, experience in the culture and in the language. Mm -hmm. um, however, I decided that it wasn't the right place for me. Um, I was really growing in like my music and songwriting and the group of people that I did that with um, were at a different school. So I ended up transferring. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I graduated from Maui High School. And after I graduated, um, I decided to go to school in Nebraska, which is where my sister was, um, both sisters actually. And that's why I decided to go there. Um, but before I head to that, I wanted to say, oh, the island life. Okay, so um, the island life for me growing up, like, we would see movies and TV shows where, you know, there'd be all these things that we didn't have, billboards, cities, skyscrapers, you know, mm -hmm. just all these things that I didn't have growing up. Certain stores, certain restaurants you get commercials for, but you're like, wait, we don't have that here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there was always this sense of, I want to see more, you know? I'm, I felt like a sense of I'm, I'm locked in, like I'm surrounded by an ocean and yes, that's amazing and beautiful and anyone would want to live here. But mm -hmm. when you've grown up in that for 18 years, a lot of people, at least for me and a lot of people I knew growing up with, we wanted to see more, we wanted to experience more. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't wait to, you know, to leave. Um, and when I did, um, I realized that home you know home is where the heart is and <laughs> I grew a profound um, appreciation for home for yeah. Hawaii and the people um, not that I didn't 
love or enjoy where I was going or the places that I've traveled to, but it was just like this overwhelming sense of um, being fond of the place that I come from and the culture that mm-hmm. that is there, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, that's that's kind of my earlier life in a nutshell. <laughs> that's fascinating to me. I learned so much already just from this short glimpse because I had no idea there were so many different systems in place in Hawaii oh, yeah. to kind of protect yeah. your culture. Like when it comes yeah. to the land, mm-hmm. the, the schooling, like mm-hmm. we don't have that in Martinique. And Martinique and uh, Hawaii have a, a similar status. Like we're, sure, sure. we're not going to get too much into that. You know? <laughs> right. I was going to say that his, Hawaiian history is for a whole nother day. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. we could go into a lot of depth in that. But yes, we but could. We'll keep, this, we'll keep this simple here. <laughs> We'll keep it simple, but we have like a similar status in which like Hawaii is an integral part of the U.S. as a state, mm-hmm. and then Martinique is an integral part of France as mm-hmm. um, a department. It's basically the same as a state, right? And okay. um, on paper, that's what we are. Sure, sure. So, yeah. um, but we don't have any type of protection of our mm-hmm. local culture. Mm-hmm. Like we what we learn in school is like the French system only. There is no such thing wow. as a Martinican school. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a thing. And we barely yeah. learn anything about our history. And to right. give you a bit of background, like my my family, like the the previous generation at school, they were learning that their ancestors were the like white French dudes. Like that's yeah. what they were learning. Yeah. And They, they call it les Gaulois, nos ancêtres les Gaulois, which means our ancestors, the Gaulois. It's like mm-hmm. French people. Wow. And I'm envious that you got that, that schooling experience, learning your culture mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. surrounded by your culture. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that they're still fighting for. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, but yes, we were very, we are very blessed to be able to have Um, what we do have in place mm-hmm. yeah cool I love that maybe Martinique and people can take notes on that <laughs> <laughs> anyways um so I want to talk about like do you can you think of any particular experience that really shifted your life completely um and made you who you are today like the gala that we know today mm-hmm. yeah um you know Gosh, I was just talking about this with my sister last summer is like, um, we had this like great childhood and this great upbringing because my parents just filled our home with so much love, you know, um, and we didn't experience anything really like heartbreaking or traumatic I mean the most heartbreaking thing growing up was when my grandpa died and that's really what the time when I started writing Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't like this um I mean it it was a lot for me at that age I was like a preteen or whatever you know um so I'm already going through all my crazy (laughs) hormones and emotions Mm -hmm. but um nothing really traumatic happened and we felt like oh we're so blessed that that you know we haven't had to deal with anything so crazy like a lot of other people have mm-hmm. and like we're like I, I hate even saying that because I'm afraid something you know I don't want anything to happen you know and then um like well b- before that something did happen to me but it you know I've got gotten on 
um, I've moved on and I've had healing from it. And that was um, the first thing that was a big shift for me was my miscarriage. Mm. Um, It was um, something that my husband and I had waited a long time for. Um, We wanted to have children like as soon as we were married. Um, Mm -hmm. We had been together for a while before that. So like when we got married, we like, we were ready, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we waited because he was in school he was in medical school and I was working like three jobs because we were living in San Diego, which is super expensive. Yeah. Um, and like, it just wasn't the right time to have kids because like, how would we make that happen? We were barely getting by being there. Mm-hmm. Um, he couldn't take care of a child and go to school. I couldn't take care of a child and work multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. So we had to like purposefully wait. Um, and by the time when the time was right, we got pregnant really fast. And, mm-hmm. um, And so we were like, oh yes, God blessed us with this amazing gift so quick. And like, this is it. This is, this is, um, everything we've been waiting for, everything we've been working for, everything we've been wanting. And then to have that taken away from you, you know, to think you're one thing to, to, um, think that you, you're this new identity and then to have it taken away from you Mm. was just, that was my first major shift in my life um, because I just felt like I lost who I was. Even mm. though I hadn't even become her yet, I envisioned it and I was living my life like that was me. Um, and so losing, you know, my ch- our child, our first child um, was a major shift for us. That's where my first ex- real um, experience that I can truly remember and feel everything from with grief happened. And so that's where a lot of my writing was born, um, my current writing, at least. Um, And so that was the first major shift. Now, once I had healing from that, I, you know, we, we got pregnant again, we had my daughter, and, you know, everything was wonderful. I mean, it was getting back to normal emotionally. And um, I mean, postpartum is crazy emotions. Anyways, that's for another day, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I was really happy, you know, and um, things were going well. And then all of a sudden, I get a phone call that my dad's um, in the hospital, and we didn't know what was wrong with him. Um, and then, you know, he starts to get a little bit better over the next two days. Um, but then the third day we got a call saying he's on life support. And that was that thing that my sister and I were talking about that had never happened to us, you know, Mm. um, that was the thing. And it was just, I didn't know how to prepare for it. Like you can't prepare for that type of Mm -hmm. thing, you know? Um, and my dad, he was 60 years old and in phenomenal shape. I mean, he, he had struggled with health problems in the past, but he got them pretty much completely handled because he took care of his, his body and he started making changes and was really healthy and active. Mm -hmm. And so this was a total shock to us. Um, It ended up that it was a massive stroke Mm -hmm. um, and he was on life support. I mean, totally the doctor said he was basically brain dead and that we should start making end of life plans. That's what we were told. And, um, so huge shift. I mean, like I just had a baby two months before that. Um, He had actually just been with us in Nebraska 
about two or three weeks before. Um, and so he got to meet Mahina. Um, but just like everything flashes before your eyes when something like that happens, you know, mm-hmm. like all the what ifs or what could have been or, you know, and um, thank God he's alive and with us today. Um, he's got a very long road to go. I mean, he he lost basically all functioning and um, has been regaining things slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Um, so <sighs> grieving the father that I had and what I hoped to have Mahina have for a grandfather, um, that's something I'm still processing. It's, it's called ambiguous grief or ambiguous loss when you just don't know what to expect. It's not the same um, it's not the same motions as, um, grief is for when you lose someone who died. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's hard to process because they're still with you. They're just a different person, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, they're, they're not the same. Their abilities are different. You know, I can't talk to him the way that I could before. Um, well, I can talk to him, but he can't, um, speak back to me the way that he could before. Um, I can't just pick up a phone and call him, you know, things like that. It's like, um, I, I have faith that he'll make a full recovery. Um, but at the same time, I worry, like, is he ever going to be able to lift up Mahina? Is he ever going to be able to take her surfing like he did with his other grandchildren, you know? Mm -hmm. And I get those kind of jealous thoughts in my head of Mm -hmm. like, my sister's got that with their kids, but I didn't. And am I not going to have that? You know, so there's a lot of like emotions to process through this whole ambiguous grief and ambiguous loss. Um, but at the same time, trying to remain hopeful that, um, you know, he'll make it through. And so that was the other major shift. And it's something that I'm still working through that all of us are still working through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And mm-hmm. You know, I'm always holding him in my thoughts and, yes, thank and you. sending a lot of healing vibrations. And I hope that the mm-hmm. audience too can, we can harvest the collective power of, of mm-hmm. our individual faith and, and, and bring him some healing vibrations. That's mm-hmm. my hope. Mm. Mm. <sighs> you know, one of my favorite aspects of who you are is how authentic and vulnerable you get and that's something that I get a lot through your daily posts on social media or like your poems and everything and Mm -hmm. I just think it's such a great quality um, of yours and we don't see that often especially in like our social media, media days nowadays where it's like everyone is like smiling living their Mm -hmm. best life or at least Mm -hmm. pretending to and i think it's rare like what the kind of authenticity that you bring is really rare um so i'm really curious like why how how do you how are you able to access this vulnerability and like put it in a public space like this like for example this interview or on your daily post that you post on social media Mm Yeah, um, you know, it wasn't always like that. You know, um, women, girls, this day and age, um, especially women of color, are brought up to be strong and Mm -hmm. to, you know, put their emotions aside and be strong for your family, be strong for yourself, you know, 
um, we, we're fighting to be equal, so we have to be strong, you know. Um, but I think um, society, a lot of women have lost their sense of their softness, um, me included, you know, in my uh, high school slash college days, um, you know, I, I grew up uh, an athlete and mm-hmm. around really strong girls. And I love that. Um, um, but I think I kind of didn't let myself be vulnerable in those mm-hmm. stages because I felt like I needed to be a tough girl, mm-hmm. especially Hawaiians. <laughs> you know, they, they have a name for us. They call it Tiras. They're, they're tough girls. You know, they, they're, mm. they're the ones that'll fight or they, <laughs> they're the mm. ones that'll, you know, be, be strong with people. And um, I think that's just this stigma that we have as women in this day and age that we need to be strong for everything. And I think that that can become unhealthy. You know, if you're not dealing with your emotions, if you're not letting them surface and you keep pushing them under, mm-hmm. um, it's unhealthy. You're yeah. not dealing with it. You're hiding it. You're suppressing it. And mm-hmm. um, I think it took this grief, you know, both times um, to make me realize, hey, wait a minute, like, you're not going to be okay unless you deal with this. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be okay unless you reach out to someone and talk to them about your your feelings and your emotions and your pain, mm-hmm. um, which is another thing that vulnerability is to me. It's not just um, um, coming to terms with my feelings for myself, but it's also sharing it with someone. And it doesn't mean I have to put it on display for the world to see or to go into depth on Instagram about every little thing I'm going through, of but course. finding those you know, one or two people that you really trust and Mm -hmm. being able to open up with them Mm -hmm. and to share your deepest thoughts with them and, and um, knowing that they're not there to judge you. They're there to help you through it. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if it's someone that had been through it before, you know, with the miscarriage my healing, like the most healing thing for me was when I talked to people who had been through it Mm -hmm. because at first I felt so alone it's not something that people talk about, you know, one in four women have it. There's so many people who have it, but it's not talked about. We're just supposed to like shove it to the side and deal with it, you know? Mm -hmm. But when I talked to people about it, I felt like, okay, this person has gone through it. They've gotten through it. I can do the same, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I was that person for other people when other people had miscarriages, you know? Um, and I think that's another reason why it's so important to be vulnerable is because not only does it help your healing, um, not only does it help open communication with people you love, but it also helps the people who come after you who are dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're not open with your struggles, um, people won't know you went through them and they won't know that you've, you know, gotten through it and healed from it. Mm-hmm. And so they won't know that they can come to you for those things, you know? Yeah. So when I was going through these, these uh, trials, the the miscarriage, and then with my dad, I told myself, I'm like, I'm not going to be closed about this. I will uh-huh. be open. You know, I don't, I don't go into detail about my dad. I, you know, I, I gave the basics, but, but I won't hide it either. If someone says, how's he doing? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, you know, he's alive, but he's got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like an overnight, like he's better. You know, I wish I could say that, but mm-hmm. um, I will let people know, like we, we still could use all the prayer we can get, you know? Um, 
but just being able to um, be vulnerable and be soft really mm-hmm. helped my heart, you know, help my heart grow, help my heart heal. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's also just so important to be real with the people around you, to be authentic with the people that you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as a social media presence, that was never anything that I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized with um, any art or any you know, business, you need to have some sort of an audience, some sort of a following. Mm-hmm. And um, social media is a tool for that. And so um, I realized that um, when I was, you know, putting my books out, my writing out, um, people were starting to uh, relate, you know, my words were resonating with people. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized that, you know, being authentic and vulnerable and soft, um, are things that not everyone um, does because of the fact that it's something that everyone looks at and, excuse me, um, everyone's looking at your profile or your feed to see what your life is like. And so, of course, you're going to want to put your best self out there, you know, Mm -hmm. who who doesn't want to show their best self. Um, But the, the thing about that is that if you're only putting the great things out there, it gives this false image of what life is really like, you know, and someone might be struggling and looking at your life and thinking, oh, you know, they have it so great. Uh They have, you know, I'm never going to get that, that way. I'll never be there. And like, they're going through the same thing you're going through, you mm-hmm. know, but we're not real about those things. We don't, we don't get deep into what's really going on, you know? Yes. Um, how can we help people if we're not going to be real with them and tell them that we're going through it just like you? you know? Yes. So I realized that. And I think that that's just an important thing and I still mm. struggle with it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect at being authentic. I try to be, but Mm -hmm. I even struggle with the image and the look and everything. And I don't know if I should post this because, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't look good enough or, you know, like, I don't think the likes, you know, even people like me who try to be authentic do go through those feelings of like, I don't think this is good enough. I don't, I need this to be this way, you know? Yeah. Um, But I, I do genuinely want to connect with people and, and have them understand that whatever they are going through, you know, there's hope in the end. And, mm-hmm. and that's my main thing with, mm-hmm. with what I'm doing. Yeah. Yes. Whew, girl, I have so <laughs> many things to say about that because <laughs> the whole intention and purpose of the Real Island Life movement, really, it's mm-hmm. like more than a podcast. It's like the Real Island Life movement is to bring, mm-hmm. to shift the, the narrative that we're yeah. bringing about the island life. And I think that's mm-hmm. such a good parallel with what we call the island life and life in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nowadays, when people talk about the islands, they just want to talk about like the pretty stuff, like Mm -hmm. the beach, like bikini, coconut water, like (laughs) pineapples. (laughs) Pineapples, yes, Hawaii's pineapples. (laughs) Just like so many like things that that exist, yes. and I see this parallel with social media. It's like, okay, like, let me show you all, like, the best aspects of my life. Like, this is amazing, and I'm doing great, and this and that. Right. And we don't want to talk about the, the other sides. I don't even think it's two sides. It's just, like, a multitude of sides to mm-hmm. life and the island mm-hmm. life in general. It's like, mm-hmm. 
there is also like things that are we can maybe like call ugly i don't know if ugly is the word but it's no there are some things that mm-hmm. are not as perfect and right. are hard to deal with and mm-hmm. are challenging and are painful and 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 are are hurting us mm-hmm. but i think so many people nowadays because of those new standards that whoever set up we're not able to tap into that anymore and to me mm-hmm. that's like living a lie like if you're not mm-hmm. able to look at and accept and embrace the full truth mm-hmm. that results in living a lie because you're only embracing maybe half of the coin or maybe a quarter right. not even mm-hmm. the half sometimes it's just like one quarter of what's really going on and i just yeah. i love that you you brought that up because there is totally a parallel between like especially in the age of social media and all that mm-hmm. to me there needs to be a shift and we yeah. need to give each other the permission to to embrace all sides of life not just the right. pretty, pretty side yeah. because when you shared about um the story about how these these specific moments you were like i need to deal with this i need i can't go into denial about this i need to be mm-hmm. vulnerable and open up I felt mm-hmm. the same way when I went when I got robbed last year mm-hmm. and I had to deal with the trauma and I was like I can't this is not an option like I can't pretend that this didn't happen I can't pretend yeah. that everything is okay because it's not mm-hmm. so like how do I create the space and the 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 skills to share about it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it I love that conversation and I think yeah. I'm really glad you you brought that up So why aren't you living in Hawaii yet? Mm, that's a really good question. I wonder that too. <laughs> <laughs> um it's really finances as hard as that is. Um um I don't know numbers, but I do know that um one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why native Hawaiians leave or native Hawaiians become homeless is because they can't afford it. they can't afford to live on their own land because it's so expensive to live there. Um the wow. food is expensive, the gas is expensive, the cost of living in um an apartment is expensive, owning a home, my goodness, <laughs> that's expensive, you know. Mm. Um and my husband and I have college debt, we have credit card debt, you know. Yeah. So we need to get our finances in order before being able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. so but trust me if we had it together <laughs> we would be living there <laughs> wow that's our plan yeah that's crazy it, it reminds me of the situation back in Martinique as well um yeah so expensive like has it always been like been like that or like when you know, did that start happening I want to say it has I I I don't know all um you know like i said i don't know the numbers i don't know the statistics but i'm pretty sure it's it's always been like that i mean obviously uh, the economy grows you know as years go by um but when when we were young what was expensive back then is probably not as expensive now but it was just as hard you know mm. to be able to own a home yeah so Is that part of the um, reason why they created the the land that you were talking about like Yes so that that was um that's been there for a long time um that was designated um long ago um 
I don't have all the information right in front of me, <laughs> but I, I want to tell you um, um, that it, I know that it was, was um, designated land um, a long time ago, um, but they are opening up new land slowly but surely, um, but it is still a long waiting list. Um, people people mm. sometimes don't even get on it before they mm. pass, you know. So, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So it's not a perfect system yet. It is not a perfect system. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something that Hawaiians are still fighting for today. Um, the homelessness, the homeless population, um, the native Hawaiian population that's homeless is, is I, again, I don't know the numbers I should, I should have like wrote all this down, but it's okay. I know that it's a big issue out there, you know, and, and, you know, Hawaiians shouldn't be homeless on their own land. Um, and that's, that's the thing that is um, hurting our people so much is, is mm. that they don't even have access to a lot of these things, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, if we have some officials listening right now, you know what you need to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay. So let's go back to your work because I'm really curious. I, I don't know if I can call myself an artist, but I know I'm very creative. And I'm curious yes, you about, are. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm curious about your creative process. So like, how do you come up with things like, for example, one of my favorite is your coffee brew meditations where you write mm-hmm. like affirmations in your mm-hmm. in picture of your coffee cup, which I think, <laughs> like, I think it's amazing. It's my favorite. Um, so like, how does that come up for you? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that started as ca- coffee brew meditations, and now it's coffee affirmations um, because I wanted to kind of be more specific um, with w- with the different things that I post. Um, but what it was a couple years ago, um, not even that long ago, but you know, a year ago or so, I would brew my coffee um, in a regular coffee pot, and while it was brewing, I'd usually just like in that time, I would be trying to rush and get ready and do certain things all in the time that it takes to brew coffee. Um, And then last year, 2018, when we were pregnant, we decided to take the year to just really slow down. Mm. And um, that was something that we never did. Both my husband and I had always been this fast paced, working multiple jobs, trying to create businesses, blah, 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 just this really crazy lifestyle that everyone seems to have nowadays, you know? Mm. Um, But we decided that it would be healthy for my body and healthy for our relationship and healthy for the preparation of the baby Mm -hmm. um, to slow things down. Um, We both were still working. He was going to school, but we just, instead of you know, trying to go, go, go in between, we just decided to start saying no to things. Mm. Um, as you know, people can take that any way they want, but for us, we were always people to jump at new opportunities or to jump at, um, people who wanted us to do something. Um, but we decided like wherever we can slow down, we're going to do it. Mm. And so that coffee brew meditation started when, I decided, okay, instead of running all around (laughs) during the minute or two (laughs) that this coffee is brewing, I'm going to stand here and watch this coffee brew Mm. and listen to it drip 
and I'm going to think of something that I'm going to meditate on for the time that it's brewing Mm. so that when it's done, I can enjoy this cup of coffee and think about that thing throughout the day. Mm. Um, So that's where it started. Um, And I decided to start sharing that with people. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think I ever told, or maybe I did in the very beginning, but I don't think people know that that's how it started. Mm -hmm. Um, It literally was my coffee brew time that I would just repeat in my head over and over until the coffee was ready. Um, Mm. And sometimes it could just be three words. I am enough. You know, I am enough. I am enough. And in my head, I just repeat it over and over. Sometimes it was something, you know, more in depth than that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I decided to start sharing it writing it out. And, um, yeah, so I would do the, a picture of my coffee and then just writing the, whatever it was inside of there. Um, and then I changed it to affirmations because I wanted to separate that more from my, my root, my roots. The, I will grow roots is my intentions. Yes. Um, and, I love those too. <laughs> Can you and tell that's us something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I changed it to affirmations so that I could make the I will grow roots more just intentions and that they would be more separate, you know? So I will grow roots is um, something that I wanted to offer the people who follow me or, or who check out my page. Um, it's just intentions that I have for myself. Um, it's not daily because I, I, <laughs> I, I would be like feeling like a failure because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to keep up, but it's either intentions for the week or in- intentions for a day. Um, And both, I offer two and, you know, Instagram has a poll, um, which the default is just like a yes or no question, but I change it so that, um, they can choose which intention they want to take for the day. And it'll be something like, I will grow roots in authenticity. Um, and then I'll explain a little bit of it and say like, I'll grow roots in authenticity. I will be true to myself. I will honor my feelings. I will um, show people um, my my true self and what I'm going through, even in this day and age where that's not popular, mm. you know. Um, and now that I'm just speaking it, I'm not coming up with the right words, but I usually ponder on it for a while and, mm. and craft something thoughtful. And then it'll sweet. have... <laughs> and then it'll have another option. So like I will grow roots in, and I'll try to make it something completely different. Sometimes I don't, but I try to just in case someone's like, I don't care for that at all. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I want to give another option and it just helps them to kind of just ponder on, you know, they might not set it as their intention, but at least it opens the door for them to think about it. You know, is yes. this something that I want to make for my intention for the day or for the week or the month, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can choose. And it's all, always fun to see, like, how many people – usually it's pretty even on, you know, the two intentions. But sometimes it'll be, like, way one side and way the mm-hmm. – you know, and barely any on the other. And I'm like, oh, wow, am I the only one who needs this? Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, I need both of them all the time. It's usually something that I need that I, you know, that I want to set my intentions for. And I'm just mm-hmm. sharing it. But, yeah. yeah. You know, I love that so much. I love that you're giving me background about all these things because I didn't know like the the story behind it and um I find that like these are some of my favorite things that you share especially the intentions Mm -hmm. because every time I'm just like oh like I don't know like (laughs) (laughs) this is like this is a hard choice but then I really like 
I take my time with those. Like I, I hold the the story. I'm like, okay, like what am I growing roots in? Like, mm-hmm. let me take my time for it. And mm-hmm. I just think one of the things that amazes me is when you're writing these is how relatable they are. And I think maybe I'm getting a little bit woo woo, but I just <laughs> think that you have this capacity to like tune in to what's what needs to be said for your community. Because every time you post, I feel, I feel what you're feeling. Like, it's just like, maybe that's what's happening in the collective. Like, we, this is what we need right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it's like a superpower of yours, like to be able to put words on, on what's happening and like give affirmations and intentions that are really needed in this precise moment. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for that. <laughs> Thank you. That, you know, that means a lot. And I love hearing when people are saying, oh, that came at the right time or I needed this, you know, because that's all I, I do it for. You know, I do do it for myself um, to be intentional with things too. But just if I can have one person needing that or, or being able to help one person by the words um, or be on time for one person, then that's all I need. You know, mm-hmm. that's all I, that'll make me satisfied. So, yes. Yeah. I love that. Keep them going, please. <laughs> um, okay. So let's see, what do I want to talk about? Can you give us a little glimpse into your two books just so we know sure. a bit more about them? Yes. Okay. So, um, I started off writing a children's book. Um, part of that was because at the time I was a teacher, um, I taught first grade, like I said, and you know, reading is so huge in first grade. Like they're just coming off of kindergarten where they're just starting. But for me, I think first grade is where they blossom the most in reading. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create a book that I, I knew would be able to be read by children of that age, you know, first grade, Mm -hmm. second grade, um, so that they could be confident in their reading, but also something that parents could read to their child. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the verbiage itself is a simple read, very simple. Um, It's rhyming. um, And so it's, it's great for little kids, you know, Um, but the meaning behind it actually came from my niece, my niece, Ava, who is my oldest sister's daughter, um, when she was really young, I want to say like four years old, she was always a really smart girl, like wise, mature beyond her age. But around four years old, um, and let, let me give you a little bit of background. She's also mixed um, Hawaiian, Filipino, German, and Black. So mm-hmm. she, I mean, she, gorgeous, gorgeous girl. She's 10 years old now. Um, but at the time, she had this big old Afro that was just uh, amazing. I mean, it still is it's, uh, even bigger now, but mm-hmm. um, when she was little, you know, it was so cute because she's so tiny and then she's got this big old Afro. And I remember her saying to me, um, Auntie Lala, how come my hair isn't, isn't straight like yours? And first of all, I don't have straight hair, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but to her, it was straight, you know? Um, and I can't remember exactly what she said, but something, it, it made me feel like it was along the lines of your hair's pretty. Mm. Why can't I have hair like that? Mm. Fast forward, not long after that, she's owning her fro. She loves it. So mm-hmm. I, I can't say that she was like that forever. It might've just been a moment thing mm-hmm. because for as long as I can remember, she's rocked her fro. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, it made me think, 
there's got to be so many little girls and guys out there who are wanting or are um, wishing that they had different hair because Mm -hmm. their hair is not the hair that they see in the movies. Their hair is not the hair that they see in the books, in Mm -hmm. the TV shows, in the coloring books, in, in the school books, even, you know, Mm -hmm. you typically will see white Caucasian hair, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so if that's the majority of what they're seeing, they're being fed that that's what they're supposed to look like, Mm. you know, and especially if they're teachers or they're, you know, football, not football players, well, football players even, you know, but dancers, whoever their heroes are that they look up to, Mm -hmm. if they're not looking like them, Mm -hmm. that's another reason why they might think, hmm. Why, why isn't my hair like that? Or I want hair like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I decided way back then, that was when I decided it, um, that I was going to write a book for her one day about that exact thing. Mm -hmm. It took me years (laughs) to (laughs) finally start. (laughs) She was what, maybe eight years old at the time that I finally got it published. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was already loving her hair, so it didn't really matter, but she, (laughs) she is the, the, um, the character behind the book. I had the illustrator um, draw her to look like her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look exactly like her, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I wanted the hair was texture inspired. like hers. Yeah. So um, she was the the original behind that book and the ins- inspiration behind that book. Um, but basically, it's a book on the different ways that um, girls with afros can wear their hair. Mm. Um, and I mean, it doesn't go into every single style because there are a lot of styles. Yeah, it's I super versatile. Of <laughs> Y'all are queens, and I just I I applaud you for the beauty that is the crown on your head, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I wrote the book. How I wear my crown is to show little girls with afros that they are beautiful, that they are princesses, that they have a crown on their head. Um, and that their hair is versatile, um, that they can wear it all sorts of ways and still be beautiful. Mm-hmm. They can wear it, you know, up in a puff. They can wear it down. They can wear it straight. They can wear it in braids. But at the end, it said, but my favorite way to wear it is in my Afro. And mm. that was that was my niece's favorite way to wear it, too, you know. Mm. So... I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I think it's so cute. <laughs> and then after that book, you moved into a totally different arena. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, yes, that's uh, around the time. So when I was in the middle of publishing that book was around the time um, we had our miscarriage and I was mm-hmm. writing a lot of poetry at the time. I used the poetry as a coping mechanism. And um, I decided, okay, well, first of all, I was waiting. I was waiting on the illustrator to um, finalize everything. Mm-hmm. And so while I was waiting, I thought, you know what, why not put these poems into a book? You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I decided to 
put just a small collection and they call it a chat book. I did my little research on, you know, how to introduce yourself as a poet and, or as a writer. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people said, put out a chat book first, which is just a short, very short book of poems. Mm -hmm. And I said, Oh, I could do that. You know? And at the time I was doing little illustrations with it too. Um, I'm definitely not an artist or, or a drawer, Mm -hmm. Um, but I I had fun making little doodles for some of the the poems Mm -hmm. and so I ended up just putting together a short chapbook um, of the poetry that I um, was doing at the time well fast forward to now it's funny that you wanted to interview me on this today because I just yesterday submitted a revision of that book because for the longest time I've been going back to that book and as much as I love um, the stories behind it and the emotions behind it, I realized that my writing had grown, it had matured and shifted um, since that time. And I, it was to the point where I wanted to take it down from Amazon. Mm. And just because I, I wanted I didn't want to have something out that didn't reflect me in my career and in my art. Mm. Um, The stories itself did reflect me and my, my, my past. Um, But the writing part of it, I felt like it didn't reflect who I was right now Mm -hmm. as an artist. Um, So I was going to take it down before I published my next book. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I'm, (laughs) I'm in the process of doing something with my next book and it's going to take a little while. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what, in the meantime, I might as well just revise this book and Mm -hmm. keep it on shelves and, um, but just revise it to the point where it reflects me more accurately as Mm -hmm. a writer. So while I was in Hawaii this last time, I spent some time working on that and just yesterday, I submitted the final um, draft of Aloha Ka'ala, the revision. So Yay! That- <laughs> Amazing. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. So that will be available very soon. Um, okay. And it's something that, you know, I'm so, so thankful for the support I had on the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have that copy, anyone out there who has that copy, I'm so thankful for your support in that. Um, And it's not like you have a bad copy or anything. You (laughs) have my first, my first baby. That unrealized version is always going to be my first um, book of poetry. Mm -hmm. But you also have a piece of something that nobody else can have anymore. Yeah, that version is down now. Um, But it's just, um, it's just growth. You know, everyone wants to grow in their career and in their, um, in their craft, and so. That's uh, that's the story behind that for me. I love that. I didn't know. I'm so excited. Yeah, I haven't told anyone yet. Like social media doesn't know, but I think by the time you post this, I'll I'll be you know I'll I'll have it out. So nice, exciting. Get yourself a copy, guys. <laughs> so so then your when it comes to your future projects right now, is it mainly focusing on your next book? Yes and no. <laughs> uh, it's so exciting. Um, I, I'm not one to like share everything that I'm doing just because I, I mean, I want to trust myself enough to get them to happen. But I also know that 
I don't put time limits on myself um, Mm -hmm. unless I really need to, like if it's something with a publisher or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I'm a new mom, (laughs) uh, as we talked about in the beginning, it's my, my life is on her time, you know? (laughs) So I, um, I'm still learning things. I'm still figuring things out. And so I don't want to like put dates or, or projects out um, in the open because I don't want to um, not follow through on them, you know? Uh Um, But I do have projects that I am willing to share um, because I, I know that I will accomplish them. Uh Um, I know that they will at least get started (laughs) this year. Um, I just don't have dates for them. So my projects for this year are my full length book of poetry coming out. Um, I will say this year, I just won't say a date. Mm -hmm. Um, but that one's going to be uh, my debut book of poetry. Um, and I say that because I don't consider the chat book a a full, you know, book. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's my big major project right now. And then I also have, um, a journal that I want to put out, um, before the new year because it's going to be, um, a 52 week journal. Wow. It's a guided journal, um, on intentions and affirmations. Um, and it'll be kind of a little bit of a mix of coffee affirmations and my, I will grow roots and, um, intentions and it'll have some influences on those. Um, but mainly for, for people to, um, appreciate writing and, and start to learn how to journal as a way to either release or um, to de-stress or to, um, to cope um, mm-hmm. or to just express their, themselves. Um, I think writing is such a, oh, it's such a versatile tool. It can do so many things. Um, journaling in itself you know mm-hmm. and some people aren't writers and they and, and that's fine you know um, my mom is like I wish I had a way to you know express myself like yeah, I just don't write but um, you know some people are like that and that's okay mm-hmm. but other people might love to write and then there's other people who have told me like I'm not a I'm not really into writing but I really want to try journaling mm-hmm. you know and that's why I think a guided journal is great for those um, people well for anyone because it'll give you prompts, you know, or it'll give you examples. Um, and yeah, so that's what I'm hoping for in that. So that's two projects. And then my third project is actually a podcast. Really? Um, (laughs) I'm going to probably be, I definitely be calling you up for that one. Yes, Um, girl. (laughs) My husband and I have been talking about this one for quite a while now. I've had um, a few people asked me to start one just because, um, I, I don't use my voice very, very much in what I do, but I do genuinely enjoy speaking and talking and talking to other people and asking them questions. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's something that, I, that we're working on that we've discussed for a while, um, that I want to get started hopefully before the year ends. Um, That's so exciting. Yeah. Girl, you know, Thank sign you. me up for all three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like all of it. I want it all. <laughs> the oh journal. my gosh. And I put it out there. It's in the universe now. I yes. can't take it back. <laughs> no, you can't. And you know what? There is something I want to start doing on the episodes. Um, 
I want this to be a community dynamic and for yes. us to help each other. So yes. is there anything that you need help with, with any of these projects? Because um, we're you know, right now and we're willing to help. <laughs> um, anyone out there, I like specifically, I don't have anything right now. But what I do appreciate as with any other artist or business is just being able to share content. Um, that's so big in this day and age. That's basically advertising. And all you have to do is click and share, you know, and make sure to credit. <laughs> um, but if you see anything that I write or anything that I post that is um, um, something that you relate to, something that resonates with your heart, um, share it, please share it. Like uh, artists and, and writers, um, we love when you share our craft. Um, uh, that's how we get our name out. And, you know, by you sharing with that one click, it might, we might find, um, more people who, who genuinely love what we do and will support us too. So that's the biggest thing that people can do for us as creators, as artists, as business owners, um, is to just share what you love about us. And, and I mean, don't share something if you don't like it though. Yeah, <laughs> like, be authentic. Be authentic. <laughs> if you read something of mine and you're like, girl, what are you talking about? <laughs> don't share that. Okay. <laughs> but if you, <laughs> if you read something that really resonates with you, don't hide, don't just scroll on by, share it, or at least comment on it and tell me what you think and tell me how it resonates with you because I do like to know. I love knowing when something has touched um, touched someone. And I'm always like uh, available in my DMs. I'm not like super out there and I, I am kind of shy, but like if you hit me up in my DMs, I will totally respond to you. There's so many people I've met who just started with a quick conversation in my DMs. <laughs> And now we're like totally talking, you know, all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, like don't be shy. If something resonates, share it. Um, share with me. Um, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing I think right now. I love it. All right, guys, let's support. <laughs> you know, I'm always sharing, so I'm going to keep sharing more. <laughs> oh, my God, what a great conversation. All right. I think it's time for us to move into the rapid fire round before we wrap up. Okay. And basically these are like really quick questions that okay. you can answer as quickly as you want, even though I don't want to like rush things. Like we're not rushing, <laughs> we're taking our time, but it's just like, I'm going to go back to back with different questions. Sure. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, cool. So what's the one thing that people often ignore about Hawaii and that you think they should know about? Mm, that it's actually a home. Hawaii is a home to people. It's not just a tourist destination. So be respectful in where you go and how you treat people. Um, yeah, it's home. Mm, <laughs> yes. What is the one thing that you've learned from your parents or elders in your family? From my parents, um, to love just unconditionally, to love each other, love God, love the world, love people, regardless of who they are or where they're from and their background, to just mm. love them unconditionally. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Where is your favorite spot in Hawaii? Oof. That is something that is hard to say because um, 
there are first of all there's too many <laughs> um <laughs> but oh gosh i would say haleakala which is the mountain um you know there's a lot of places that we're trying to preserve from mm -hmm. becoming overcrowded yes i know we're supposed to be quick on this answer but this is okay. an important issue is um being able to make sure that we preserve um sacred areas and areas that are um not crowded yet i, I don't even want to say yet but um there are so many places that are overcrowded polluted and and cared for because of um too many people are going too many people are seeing and finding out these places and so i won't say <laughs> yeah um, girl. any place in, in particular but um i do love watching the sunset and, and the sunrise on haleakala mm. um, and that's something that everyone who's going to maui would know about so i'm not gonna worry about <laughs> <laughs> that but it is beautiful it is breathtaking and i cannot wait to go back and do that yes i want to go with you <laughs> yes. um who is your favorite oh no what is your favorite dish from hawaii oh my gosh girl <laughs> um gosh there are so many but you know the one th i'm gonna be honest the one thing i do crave all the time is mochi which isn't even a hawaiian dish but it's like <laughs> it's you know when i told you in the beginning like all the different cultures have yeah. influence there you know all the all the cultures that came in the plantation days and mochi i believe i hope i'm not wrong i'm so sorry if i'm wrong but i believe it's japanese and it's this like rice um kind of like a um it's so hard to explain unless you know it <laughs> um but it, it's a dessert or a snack i guess but it's something that i miss all the time and i know i could like make it out here but it's just not the same as how they make it back home you know mm -hmm. um so that's one thing but as as for like an actual hawaiian dish i will never stop loving as much as little pork as we eat because we don't really eat pork here mm -hmm. um but kalua pig is just it's the way they cook it um that is a, a hawaiian dish if you would say and so that's something that i i definitely miss <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> who is your favorite artist my favorite artist like like uh music or like writing or anything whatever whatever comes to you right now. oh man you know there are so many people that i'm inspired by um but honestly right now there is a girl named selena she is totally not like big <laughs> so you'll have to find her on my friends list and go give her a follow but okay. she's just um the things that she writes about and the, the content that she puts out is always inspiring for me and um she's kind of walking a similar path with um her dad and my dad being ill um, and so a lot of what she talks about always hits home for me, mm. but there are so many, so, so many artists that I just, just absolutely love. So, yeah. Nice. I love that. I'm going to go look for her. <laughs> um, can you name three Islanders that you look up to? Only three. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <Well>, right? <laughs> first, I have got to say my dad. Um, mm -hmm. My dad is just the epitome of what fathers should be. Um, 
just a super loving, tender guy, but yet super strong and powerful, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, protective. Um, And just now that he's going through what he's going through, he's showing how to persevere, you know, he's Mm -hmm. resilient. And um, I'm just so proud to be his daughter. Mm -hmm. So um, that's my dad. The second one, I've got to say it. It's you, girl. (laughs) You are one of my favorite islanders. I just love, love how you are from one island and then you just make this whole experience for the world to see and go out to different islands and just see the different um, cultural experiences and also the parallels, the things that are similar. And it's just I would have never imagined doing something like that. So I'm so, so inspired by you and your travels, your adventures, and just everything that you get to experience. I just want to hop in your suitcase (laughs) because you are just doing it. And I'm so proud of you. Oh, my Um, God. You're you're my second Islander, Martinique. Thank Um, you. I received that. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say the third Islander... Um, would be my friend Matilda. She's from Papua New Guinea. And oh, if you ever need to talk to someone from Papua New Guinea, I got her for you. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, All right, Matilda. She, yes, she is just so strong. She's resilient. She's here, you know, in the United States against all odds, against all the things that are, you know, trying to push her with everything visa wise and I I mean so much over my head because I don't have to deal with that Mm -hmm. but legally it's so hard for her to remain in the states she is you know she's legal but it's just they have to keep up with all these different things that are against them from being Mm -hmm. here and she's here to provide more money and um, things for her family back home because they have um a lot less back in the village that she comes from. So anyways, long story short, she's just super resilient. And I'm so proud of her for everything she's ever done and become by being here and by um, loving and serving the people from back home. Mm. Yes. That's powerful. I want to talk to her for sure. Yes. Oh, she's got a story girl. She's got Mm. a story. Yes. Yes. so good thank you for for and I I I do I just want to shout out I have friends from Samoa I have friends from Tonga and I love you all like I love you I promise let's not start any fight right love for all the islanders we all love but we we would need like probably three days to name everyone right (laughs) okay uh what is your biggest fear oh you know, I think because of my faith, I don't really have anything that makes me fear like I have more insecurities than fears. Mm. But if I had to name a fear, um, I would tell you that before I had a child, I was pretty adventurous adventurous and risky. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, growing up the island life, you do crazy things like jump off cliffs and, you know, um, go out deep, deep in the sea. And, you know, those are just typical Islander things. And then when you bring someone from the mainland and they see you doing these crazy stunts (laughs) and stuff, you realize, whoa, I'm doing some pretty crazy things. (laughs) 
things, mm-hmm. you know, scale, scaling mountains with no, no equipment, like stuff mm-hmm. like that used to be things that I would do often with my friends, you know, mm-hmm. but since having a child and even getting pregnant, like, um, especially the second time, you know, being pregnant after loss, that's when I became really protective of my body. Mm. I didn't want to fall. I didn't, you know, I had to be very careful mm. and that carried over into motherhood. Um, and even just actually, it started a little before that too. I remember just when I met my husband, when we were dating and I felt really serious about him, I was like, wait a minute, I gotta mm. be careful. I, I don't want to, be like risking my life anymore, you know? Um, and I, I'll still jump cliffs and stuff like that if I had the opportunity, but like Mm -hmm. just, um, um, being more careful because my fear is if something were to ever happen to me, I want my children and my husband to, you know, I wouldn't want them to be left alone. You know, I, I, I don't want them to have a life without me. Um, I want to be able to be there for them their whole lives. I want to be able to um, serve them, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think my fear would just be anything happening to me or my husband Mm. um, to not be able to be who we are for each other or for our children. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Mm. Almost there. (laughs) If you could describe Hawaii in three words, what would they be? Oh, uh, if I could describe Hawaii, um, for me personally, Hawaii as my home, I would describe it as that my home heart and healing for me personally. Mm. Um, but to describe it as a people, um, I'm going to have to use some familiar, hopefully (laughs) Hawaiian words. Um, but the first one, as a people, they are just resilient and they, they persevere. Um, the word is ho'omau and it means to persevere. Um, the Can second you teach me that again? Ho'omau. Ho'omau? Yes. All right. Got it. Um, just with the history and everything that they've been through to still have a culture when it was almost erased. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the first word that comes to mind is is just to persevere to be resilient Uh um the second word would be aloha um because that's just who we are aloha means to love to care you know um and and that's who we are to our people who we are to the land and Mm. um, and the third word would be ohana which is another word most people know and that's family and Uh um, family is so important in hawaii i mean it's it's important everywhere um, but even just, um, at, as Islanders, I want to say, cause I think other Islanders are like this too, but like back home, everyone is your family. Everyone's Ohana. You go into someone's backyard or whatever. Mm-hmm. To, uh, like I used to go surfing at this spot that was in the back of people's houses and I would go, you know, to try to get to the street. I'd walk through the yard and I'd always ask first, I'd be like, auntie, can I, can I go through here to get to the, to the beach or to get to my car? And I wouldn't even know them, you know, <laughs> but mm. you call them auntie or uncle. Like everybody mm. is auntie or uncle to you. you. You don't even have to know them, but that that's what we are. We're Ohana, we're family back home. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. We learned some <laughs> vocabulary and some really beautiful <laughs> values too. Yeah. Um, okay. What would be your biggest hope 
for your island or islands, group of islands, mm-hmm. and then for the world as a whole? Mm. I'd say for my island, actually the whole islands as a whole, um, I just, I hope to see the culture preserved. I, I just hope to see it flourish and grow. It has so much in the last, you know, 50 plus years um, from being something that they were suppressing, um, trying to hide the language, trying to, you know, um, hide the names, go by, you know, your English names, things like that. Um, to being having schools that are fully meant for teaching in Hawaiian language. There's immersion schools um, to, to um, celebrating the cultures, to bringing it back and reviving it. I hope that they continue to do that. I hope that they continue to flourish and grow and that children will be able to um, pass those things and those values and the culture onto their children. Um, so that's my hope for the islands. Um, for the world, my hope for the world, um, I just think that it's, it's so important for us to get to know different cultures, to get to know people who are different from ourselves, because we can be so self-absorbed in what's going on in our community, in our, work, in our um, country, and, and the celebrity news and gossip and blah, 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 you know, but there's a whole nother world, a world of people, a whole different place, so many different places out there that are so um, diverse and so beautiful in their own way. And I just think that being able to meet people and learn about their language and their cultures and their histories, are it's just so important. And when you learn about them, you learn to appreciate them mm-hmm. and accept the differences and, and um and and that's how you become united with them. That's mm-hmm. that's how you, you know, have this unity. Um, and my hope for the world is that we just start looking outside of ourselves mm. and outside of our own cultures and start to appreciate and accept and and support mm. people who are different from us all over the world. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so. Mm. What you are doing is so important because not everyone's able to travel because of finances or because of health or whatever it may be, but your platform is bringing so many different cultures to people right on the screens of their phones and they're learning from you and they're learning about people that don't look like them, that don't talk like them, that don't live like them. And they're seeing that there's a whole world outside of themselves. There's a whole world outside of myself. Mm. I'm not, I'm not the it girl, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are all the it people. Yeah. And, um, when we realize that is there's just so much more harmony in, in, within us. So. so yes, girl. Thank you. Thank you. For that. <laughs> Thank you for once again, like your words of encouragement. And I think that's a beautiful message that we all need to hear again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, whew, yes. <laughs> All right, my last question to you, and the most important one of the show, <laughs> what does the island life mean to you, Gala? <laughs> the island life for me is not something that's specific to just the island. It's something that you carry with you wherever you go, um, just like the Aloha spirit. You know, I. I'm gone from my home, my island home for most of the year. 
and it's never really away from me, you know? Um, so it's something that you carry some values and, um, things that you were traditions that you were brought up with that you carry over wherever you go. Um, the Island life back home was slower paced. It was gentle. It was kind. It was, um, teaching and learning and sharing and loving and caring. And that's, all stuff that we can do right here where I am, you know? Mm. Um, and when I was in California, you know, people may think, oh, that's so much more island-like than um, Nebraska. But honestly, in California, everything was so fast-paced and almost the self-centered type of feeling out there. Mm. Um, I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Love you, California. But it it wasn't like Hawaii in that sense. And um, Nebraska, a small town, um, I'm in Omaha. I mean, it's not small, as small as where I lived in school. I was living um, in a small town when I went to school here. Um, but it was so much more like Hawaii than California was because the people were so gentle and they were so loving and kind and they slowed down and really took the time to notice you and appreciate you. Mm. And, um, and that I think is why I got comfortable here. Um, and so, um, yeah, those, those values are just something that you carry over. And I'm not saying you can't, <laughs> you can't have those values in California because you totally can please mm -hmm. do that California. <laughs> but, um, it's just something that you take with you wherever you go, the island life. Mm, I love that definition. <laughs> <sighs> this is my favorite part of the show just because like, that's what we're doing. We're shifting the narrative and yes. every guest that I'm having on here is just blowing my mind with, their definition of what the island means to them. And I, I just want to say thank you um, mm. for sharing your heart so openly today and for for teaching us so much about your your own perspective, your own island, mm. and, and just bringing so much magic to the show. I'm really, really grateful. My heart is full. <laughs> I am grateful to you, and my heart is just as full. <laughs> Oh, so good. So wait, before I forget, you have a little surprise for one of our listeners oh, yes. because we are going to do a giveaway with them. <laughs> do you want to share about it? Yes. Okay. So we are giving one winner, one lucky winner, um, this giveaway. And so how it goes is I will write you a poem, um, whoever is selected. Um, you just have to give me a little bit of background on a specific story, whatever it is that you might be dealing with right now, whether it's a hardship, um, hurt, or whether it's a joy, celebration, um, or if you want me to write it about someone else, um, just give me a little background on what you want me to write about. I will write the poem for you and, and um, send it to you via email or online, um, but also I will be putting it in my next book that's coming out. So. What? That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're excited. I'm excited. I'm about to enter with like a fake email. Just so I can win. <laughs> so you guys stay tuned so I can more about how you can win this giveaway. Um, and Ka'ala, once again, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so grateful. Oh. I'm guessing I'll see you again very soon on the show. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have more to Thank about. you, Flo. My heart to yours. Thanks for listening to The Real Island Live Show. To review what we talked about on today's episode and enter this week's giveaway, 
check out the show notes down below or head to realisland.life. And before we head out, I have a fun surprise for you. Did you know that outside of this podcast, I also run a marketing agency that supports island businesses? Yes, that's right. So if you're an island business owner struggling with social media or anything related to digital marketing, I'm happy to let you know that I'm gifting you with a free consultation so that me and my team at the Global Island Girl Agency can help you find solutions to your challenges and come up with strategies to generate more money for your business while also scaling up your impact. To grab this offer, head to realisland.life slash free call and schedule a time that works for you. Again, that's realisland.life slash free call. I'm so excited to support you. And until then, I'll see you on the next episode.